Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, fans of the Two Buck Sports Podcast, both foreign and domestic. Welcome to this week's episode, jam packed. We got a lot to discuss tonight. I want to welcome my co-host Uncle Buck. Welcome on into the podcast, sir. How you doing tonight? Rusty, I'm good. I am at home at a decent hour tonight. I am a little tired, but excited. I have worked every day since the last time we podcasted, except for on Saturday, where I had to put on a one-year-old birthday party. And if anybody can relate with me, you know that that's, that is work. So, it is. And a uh, special guest showed up at the birthday party. Me and Buckets got to hang out. Uh, my good buddy and my co-host drove all the way down from South Carolina for a one-year-old birthday party. And so that is much appreciated, but not as a appreciative of that as much as i am the fact that he brought lauren with him and surprised me that's me so yeah he got lauren to hang out for for Lawrence, mississippi just to come to a one-year-old birthday party yeah he came all the way in it was a surprise that we talked about at dinner back in the fall when this first idea kind of came up that we were going to do y'all were going to do a party for jenny and um I was out to dinner with Lauren, Stacy, and Taylor. We were hanging out, and uh, I was like, I got a wild idea. Drew's having a party for little Jenny on the first weekend of February, and I'm going, why don't y'all go? And it did not take much arm twisting, especially when I talked about going to Russell's for a steak, eating a slug burger at Borum's with a milkshake. They were all in. Yeah, and uh, boy, it was fun. And we had a big time. And, you know, last week's podcast, because unbeknownst to me, Lauren was coming. But I I kind of teased the possibility of a live podcast. And Rusty never corrected me. But once I saw that we had a group of six and all hanging out at the house, we just decided to enjoy our time together since we only got one night. And uh, so forgive us if we fell down and screwed the pooch a little bit on that one. If you're looking forward to it, but we'll make it up to you sometime soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to come home uh, shooting maybe in the month of May. I got a bunch of family birthdays in May. May come home for a week then, and maybe we can do like a, an, a live podcast extravaganza, and we'll just – you never know what will happen to something like that, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I just couldn't fit it in with all the festivities, and I didn't want to give it away. I was trying to be sneaky, and I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, kind of can't, but we'll work it out. And so it all worked out in the end, and I would have a great time and uh, always love coming back to North Mississippi. And don't let Rusty fool you. He brought Lauren because Lauren is the only human we know that's bigger than Rusty. And Rusty was preparing to fight me if I didn't give him that trophy that you see over his left shoulder. Right oh, there. yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't going to give it up, then he was going to use brute force. And he brought the biggest man he knows. Uh, he is not wrong. That was my ulterior motive. I had to get my trophy. It is forever etched uh, with 2022 fat drunk Thor, Rusty Witten, fantasy football champs, baby. So it is in his rightful place here in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, where I plan to keep it for years to come. Sorry, boys. Well, I promised you that I was not going to ship it to you. So you had to come get it one way or the other, <laughs> which led to a 10 and a half hour drive. Cause I wasn't sure how Delta would feel about me putting that on a plane. So I didn't risk it, drove down there. I ended up working out. And plus it gives me an excuse to do- stop at Bucky's twice. So there you go. There you go. So uh, tonight, we've really been enjoying these drafts. I dropped the ball on getting our last one posted to social media. Again, just trying to get some family time. I was not online much last week at all. Uh, but I don't know about y'all, but we're really enjoying doing these. And so tonight, uh, in honor of this coming weekend, we decided to draft the top 10, so five apiece, sporting events. 
You're going to have to kind of dig to maybe get all five, but I think there are plenty of good ones out there for us to talk about. So I think, uh, Drew, I think we've got a pretty good uh, opportunity here to talk about our favorite sporting events, and I believe it is your pick first this week, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's right. Uh, And so it is Super Bowl week. It is the only sporting event. That feels like a holiday. Maybe I'm. Maybe that's just me. Uh, maybe that's just me, off the top of my head. But the Super Bowl is the only sporting event that feels like a holiday, and therefore it's the obvious number one pick. Uh, I even asked Rusty. I said, you know, we're doing this, but if you feel like we need to exclude the Super Bowl because it's just the most obvious one, um, I'll do it. But if not, I've taken it with the first pick, and so. Uh, with the first pick of the sporting events, uh, snake draft for the Two Buck Sports Podcast, I am choosing the Super Bowl. Solid pick, man. I would have been ashamed if you didn't pick it and left it there for me. There's plenty of good options out there, but I agree. The Super Bowl is kind of the the one of one when it comes to sporting events. So, yeah, it's definitely. It's uh, it's the food. It's the halftime entertainment. It's the commercials. Uh, props on them for doing it earlier in the day because it was a seven seven o'clock kick you know that would make it a little bit more difficult for families but it's just all around the best sporting event that there is yeah all the the pageantry around it with commercials halftime show even though i could care less about rihanna this year it's still it's the it's done done the best let's put it that way all right, so I've got uh, the last pick of the first round, first pick of the second round. Um, with my first pick, I am going with, even if you're not a fan of the sport particularly, everybody at least kind of knows when the College World Series is going on. It's the time in June where eight teams descend on Omaha, Nebraska. They try and drink the town dry, first of all. Second of all, there's some baseball that's played. And even if you're not a fan of the sport, you know it comes on on ESPN. And I've got some beef with ESPN that we'll get into next week just around the lack of coverage for college baseball, particularly for national brands like Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You're back-to-back defending national champs who are only going to be on national TV. And by that, I mean SEC Network twice. But anyway, we'll get to that next week. My first overall pick is the College World Series uh, Baseball Championship. And that's nice of you because I'm sure this is way back in the recesses of your mind, considering you probably didn't watch the College Road Series at all last year. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I did. As an an Ole Miss fan, I love the fact that it ruined your whole enjoyment of the College Road Series because your your misery is just heaven for me. Sadly, it is. Yeah, but so, but I agree with you. I, that is super niche. You know, it's a uh, college world series is a very niche product. Uh, it is a great product, and the great thing about the college world series is that it's all day long. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it rivals like I don't want to give away ideas, but I mean like rivals like the World Cup early on. You know, you got your early game and your midday game and your night game, and you've got it in terms of the college world series every day for two weeks if you're invested till the end right it's just jam-packed and it's baseball so you know it's easy watching you can leave it on while you work play or whatever it could be background noise it's just the perfect 
um, yeah. enjoyable experience to watch the College World Series. And especially, like you said, when you're invested till the end, you know, last year, I know you were, I mean, I watched it, I had COVID, there's nothing else to do, but I, uh, the year before, man, I was down to the nitty gritty watching that last game and I played watching us play Vanderbilt and like, I always watch it and I always especially watch the finals, but when your team's in it, it's, as you can relate, it's a whole different animal and it was just, it's, it was an easy first pick for me because I knew what you were going with, so I'm all in, College World Series is my first pick. Uh, so first pick of the second round might be a little niche as well, but it's one that gets a lot of people excited. I don't keep up with it much except for one, maybe two or three times a year. I know where you're going, I think. And I love me a good mint julep. I yep. love me a good outside event. I'm taking the Kentucky Derby as oh. my first pick of the second round. No, that wasn't what I thought you were going I, you know, I'm picking the Kentucky Derby because of the name. I might be pandering to my audience a little bit there. I know there are some other really good ones as well, uh, but I'm going with the Kentucky Derby just because it's the it's the granddaddy, right? It's the original. Everybody knows the Kentucky Derby. That's what I'm going with first. Did I ever tell you the story about the one time I gambled on the Kentucky Derby? No. Okay. So uh, this podcast is just talks about my failures at gambling okay <laughs> we've so, all talked about mine during college football so welcome right, to the club. <laughs> right. yeah you just didn't put any money on them so. <laughs> uh so my wife and i were just dating at the time and we had a bachelor party not we not me and her had a bachelor party but i went on a bachelor party with our good buddy zach he was getting married and for his bachelor party we went to biloxi that was kind of the hot place for us to go for bachelor parties at the time with our friend group and we went down there, you know, to go to the casinos and hang out. And it was the weekend of the Kentucky Derby. And we didn't plan that, but it ended up being there. So that Saturday of the Kentucky Derby, we started asking around at the casinos, like, what casino can we bet on the Derby? And so they told us what casino. We went down there and it was the last stop of the night. And so, you know, my luck at casinos, I had $20 left. I had set aside x amount of dollars and i had a 20 dollar bill left and this is what i'm going to use to get back in it okay <laughs> and so we start looking at at the lineups looking at the odds whatnot and i can't remember the name of the horse but he was a heavy heavy favorite he was two to one odds so a 20 dollar bet when you 40 bucks i was like okay double my money okay and so what i did first though is that i text Haley, my girlfriend at the time we had not been dating just super long. Uh, but I text her and I said, so honey, look at the horses and pick me out a horse to bet. She said, okay. And immediately she got back to me. She said, country house. I said, country house. Okay. Look down the sheet, 63 to one odds, one of the bottom feeders. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I've got $20 left. Okay. Like, am I really just going to light it on fire and by betting a 63 to one, horse and so i just kind of like okay cool we'll see how it does and then i put my money on the favorite <laughs> i know it's no fun but i only had 20 dollars left i needed 40 you know and so the race goes on and the favorite horse i think i cannot remember the name of that horse and i don't want to look it up right now and give a pause in the middle of the podcast so the favorite horse is in front the whole time. I'm like, here we go. Gallop, gallop, gallop. Here we go. I start trotting in place like the horse. And I'm like, all right, just double my money, double my money. And it gets to the final turn there. And apparently there's this rule where in horse racing, you cannot get out of your lane to block other horses. 
I guess the jockey or the horse felt the horse coming up beside him and the horse moves over to the right, cuts the horse off. You know, I'm watching NASCAR in the past. So Rubbin's racing. Good. Get him out of your way. And he, there's a big melee and all the horses just kind of jumble together. But the favorite crosses the finish line first, you know, cause he, he plays dirty. And so I'm like, good, double my money. You know, I don't get too excited. You don't get excited over betting the favorite and winning, you know? Right. Well, then they're like, well, the, uh, the rules committee is reviewing this to see if there was a possible lane violation. So I was like, okay, well, crap. So they, it feels like it takes 20, 30 minutes, but I'm sure it wasn't that long. And then the whole sports bar goes quiet as the, uh, as the, verdict is issued and the favorite horse has been disqualified and so the winning horse will be the horse that finished second and the second place horse was country house 63 to 1 odds won the oh, kentucky derby man yeah i believe that 20 dollar bet would have gotten me somewhere around what we do the math real quick what's what's uh 20 times 63 uh $1,260. Yikes. Yeah. And so immediately Haley texts me and she was like, oh my goodness, Country House won. And I was like, yeah, they did. And at that point, I was still in the fetal position on the ground. <laughs> and had to come clean. <laughs> yeah. We've been married for two and a half years now. We dated for two years prior to being married and I've still Yikes. never put it down. So, you know, you live and you learn, except I never learned. So, all right. So all that story to go on to the next pick with the second pick of the second round, I will choose the NBA finals. And I know it's, you know, it doesn't have the aura of say the Super Bowl or even the, uh, the world series, you know, you know, it's not the October, you know, you don't have your October, you know, famous Mr. October with Derek Jeter, you know, it's not legendary, but the NBA finals for me is, a personal choice. It's one of the most watchable series. And whereas Super Bowl's over in one day, I love the seven game series because in any sport in over seven games, the best team's gonna win. You know, you don't see many upsets, but you're in the best NBA finals, you know, NBA finals game seven goes up against just anything in my book. The leverage the pageantry of it uh it's a quicker product i mean i love 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 the nba and the pinnacle of that is the nba finals yeah i agree it's seven games in june july it's uh it's a great in june it's a great time to watch basketball the cream rises to the top like you said not many upsets you get a few the spurs winning the mavericks winning upsetting lebron like you get a few of those, but by and large, the best teams are there, and the best team usually wins. So, solid pick in the NBA Finals. And I like it as opposed to the MLB because MLB is so dependent on a pitcher mm-hmm. that, you know, you can ride that pitcher. The NBA, you're going to trot out the same 12 people. You're going to start most times the same five guys in every game, and it's all about who can counter the other one. Over seven-game yeah. series, you see the home field. That's another thing that NBA and MLB have over the Super Bowl. Bowl. Home games, and you alternate home games. Um, you get to see all of the different uh, 
coaching decisions and matchup decisions that make play out over the seven games. Yep. So NBA Finals uh, is my second pick. With my third pick, uh, I'm going to go a little – there's one here that I'm sure won't get back to me, but I really want this other one because it's the perfect time of year. It's the perfect season, and there's nothing like watching sports on a Sunday. And I'm going to take the granddaddy of them all, the Masters Tournament. Ah, you dog. Uh, you dog. That, you know – like you said about the Kentucky Derby, you know, you've got, you know, you may only watch two or three races a year. I mean, for the, for horse racing, I mean, there's only three races to watch, period. Right. But that's how I am for golf. I'm watching four weekends a year, typically. You know, the the Open Championship that's overseas, maybe I'm not awake when it's going on, you know. <laughs> but the granddaddy of them all in the golf, in golf, is the Masters Tournament. And... It is just us. It's a sporting event that's unlike any other sporting events. Even in golf, it's it's kind of old timey feeling. And Jim Nance always has the, you know, names off all the beautiful flowers that the holes are named after. And you've got the real peaceful sauna music. You know, it's just right. I don't know. And uh, that's where and I thought you were going when you got the Kentucky Derby. So I, then I got nervous, so I had to take it in this turn. It was my next pick because there's nothing like talking about the amen corner on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, again, like you said, man, it's a great sport to watch. You can, you know, you can hang out on the couch and watch it. You can nap and wake up and see what's still going on. It's a, it's always a, a fun spectacle with the azaleas blooming and that's the greenest grass you'll ever want to see. Jealous. Cause that was my next pick. <laughs> yeah. And there's one day we can draft our favorite sporting moments. But the tiger, tiger at the at his latest Masters win yeah. is like Mount Rushmore of yeah. of moments for a sports fan. And I'm not yep. even I'm not even like a golf fanatic. You know, you're probably more than I am. You definitely play more than I do. But watching Tiger win that last that last Masters, man, there was just nothing like it. Yeah, I was at a bar uh, here in Myrtle Beach watching it and. Like everybody in there was tuned in. They had all the TVs above the bar on Tiger. Nothing else was on. Nothing else was going on. And everybody in the bar was invested. And when it was clear that he won, everybody was cheering. Everybody was celebrating. It was just one of those moments of sports that unites fans of all different kinds. It was really yeah. cool. Everybody loves a good comeback story. And and Tiger Woods had the greatest comeback story of them all. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Solid. All right, so my next pick, um, <clears throat> I've got the, the last pick of the third, first pick of the fourth. Uh, with my third pick, I'm going, I'm staying in the baseball lane, and we've already talked about it some, but I'm going with the World Series, man. Nothing like October baseball. Like I said, the stories, the original Mr. October, Reggie Jackson for the Yankees, then Derek Jeter, Mr. October. You got Choptober a couple years ago for the Braves. There's just so much, there's something magic, magical about the the world series in October um, when the Cubs won in 2016, I stood in my living room and I can comfortably admit to you and all of our, our friends here that I cried uh, first Cubs world series in my lifetime. Last one since um, yeah. I'm sitting here looking now I've got some game seven batch Jim beam that was tapped. The kegs were tapped the day that the Cubs won the world series. And so it's kind of a catch 22, right? Like right now it's gaining in worth because we're not winning world series. If we win one, 
you know, you pop it open and it's not as big of a deal. But uh, yeah, so the World Series, the pageantry, everything that goes on around it. Big fan of the World Series. It's my next pick. Okay, uh, you've, so you've got the College World Series, the Kentucky Derby, and the the Big World Series, Major League World Series, and then my next pick. Oh, there's a couple that I won. I'm going to risk one of them because I think it'll still be there when we come back around. And I am going with my fourth pick. So there's there's definitely you're either one or the other here, and there's an argument to be made for both. They only come around every four years. But the one that I look forward to the most, and I enjoy, I enjoy track, I enjoy weightlifting, but I'm going Winter Olympics. And I know that may not be the most popular, but man, like you get hockey, you get speed skating, you get people jumping off the side of a hill on skis, you get the snowboard half pipe. I like to watch them cross country ski and shoot the rifles. There's nothing to me more adrenaline packed. I've already mentioned it, but the speed skating, man, those cats flying around that ring. I mean, just wide open on those little bitty skates. I love, I love the bobsled, the luge, the you, anything that involves outdoor winter sports. I'm all in. Winter Olympics is my fourth pick. Man, I cannot believe that I didn't have that on my list. It just slipped my mind. And you're right. I agree with you about winter being better than Summer Olympics because Summer Olympics, what gets people going are track and swimming and mm-hmm. gymnastics. And whereas I watch all of that. Sure. They do pale in comparison to speed skating. Yeah. I I'm I don't watch the hockey that much, but the best uh w- the best winter olympic sport is any of the snowboarding or skiing events. I love all of them, the half pipe, the long jump, the trick jump, the slalom, slalom all of them. Yeah. Great. And then curling is mm. fun. So know? Funny quick story. Because that's the only event that I feel like I could do. Right. And so funny quick story. Being here in Myrtle Beach, we get a lot of snowbirds from Canada that come down here and continue their physical therapy or do PT, recover from surgery while they're here, not on the ice in Winnipeg, right? Right. So I asked the guy one time, like, what's the big deal with curling? Like, I watch it on on the Olympics and think I can do it. But, like, what's the – is it like a thing in Canada? What's going on? He said, he said, you Americans get drunk at a bowling alley. We get drunk at a curling rink. And I said, wait a minute. I said, you no, got grown, grown in getting drunk and then have to shuffle down the ice. And he said, stone sober. He said, it's, it's everything you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? I think, I think that's a, that's a, an option for some video content. We just there we go. load up buckets here and I get to filming and trying to, trying to push a puck down a piece of ice i think they do it in tupelo or olive branch so next time i'm home that sounds like a like a like a patreon thing (laughs) there we go there we go and so all right so rusty's got the college world series the kentucky derby the mlb world series and the winter olympics and i have got the super bowl the nba finals and the masters tournament um and i've got two picks here that are going to close out my round and I've got the, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I could have picked five, I'm going to have my five. I could have put five things on a list and gotten all five of them. So with the fourth pick, I will take the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, I just feel like I keep on hitting. I, I just keep getting layups here. I don't know why you didn't <laughs> pick that uh, because you were. Mr. College Football Playoff. I'm old. I'm the guy, the curmudgeon over here saying, don't expand it. Just leave it at, you know, four or eight teams. Let's not 
water down the regular season, but I can't deny that it's a good product. And out of the four semifinal games, typically, or the two semifinal games, typically you're going to get good games unless they put in a team from the Big Ten. Yeah. And the finals are typically always good. So, yeah. uh, And it's the, like I said, college football is my favorite sport. And it's the, it's the, it's the championship. championship. You can't say something is your favorite sport and then not care about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. And, and I, it's on, it's on my list. It was something that I had definitely considered, uh, but it just wasn't, it was just outside of my top five. It would have been one that I might've taken with my fifth pick. I kind of debated back and forth about it in the World Series, but I'm happy with my pick, and I'm happy you got it. Maybe you're coming around to the idea of expanding the playoffs. I mean, I'm for expanding it to eight, eight. and I'm hard. That's a hard line for me. No. Don't go. I, don't get more than eight. I agree. I think eight's the sweet spot too, but we can get into that in a future episode. But I, I agree. College football playoffs is the best sport, and it's this year we actually had the best semifinals. Uh, maybe not so done. much the, the, and the final wasn't as good this year, but we had the best semifinals this year. But I'm so. telling you what, if you give me two great <laughs> semifinal games like we had this year, mm-hmm. I'm okay with the championship game being a dud. I felt <laughs> like I got my money's worth on the, that one Saturday or that one New Year's Eve. Yep. I got my money's worth. You know, All good. Sure, it would have been nice for Georgia TCU to be a little bit better, but, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan TCU were incredible. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I will round my list off with the only kind of niche topic that I've got. And so it's the only one that I was kind of like, okay, I know this one will come to me. Uh, Do you have a guess on what it is? It's probably what I was about to take with my fifth pick. All right, Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you what. It's a niche sport. Huh? I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong, but I want you to guess it before I say it. Daytona 500. Nope, nope, it wasn't it. Uh, Wimbledon. I (laughs) love Wimbledon. Uh, I was a big tennis player in high school, dabbled a little in college. Um, I was on the team in college, so I I did play, but, I mean, the amount I played would be considered dabbling, I think. (laughs) Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I I remember watching Wimbledon with my dad. I think American tennis was at its prime when my dad was you know in his you know 20s and so he really got into Agassi and Pete Sampras and all the American tennis players and it's always just kind of followed me and so you're talking about only you know four weekends a year like on uh like on golf you know you've got your four majors in tennis and they last longer than four weeks but you really I mean they last longer than a weekend but you know when it gets down to it, you know, I don't watch all of it mm-hmm. all the way through. But I believe that we've been able – tennis fans have are currently living in well, – closing down now – living in the greatest era of tennis to watching the two or the three greatest tennis players of all time playing right now with Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. It's the rivalry and the competition to who's going to keep – extending their lead or takeover for major championships. Uh, it's now coming to an end now with Federer has retired and Rafa is not looking too great anymore. So 
Uh, but Wimbledon has that Masters vibe for tennis. You know, it's it's the grass courts. It's the wearing all white. It's just a, it's such an exciting product to watch for me because it's fast paced and it's one on one. You know, you're talking figure you know, just mind games is all tennis is. It's who can stay focused and who, you know, keep up their energy and the edge for mm-hmm. what can be a five hour match. Yeah, and I. <clears throat> not a huge tennis guy. I mean, I like it. I'll watch Wimbledon when it's on. It did not make my list. It probably should have, but solid pick, man. Nice job. I wouldn't, I would not have been mad if you did not have Wimbledon on your list. Yeah. So yeah, solid pick. I'm going to round out my five. So far I've got the college world series, the Kentucky Derby, the major league world series, the winter Olympics. And then my last pick, uh, I am going niche. I'm going Daytona 500. Even if you're not a NASCAR fan, you know what the Daytona 500 is. It's the kickoff race. We just had the Bush uh, clash at the L.A. Coliseum this past weekend. I actually watched part of that. Yeah, it was cool seeing it in the Coliseum for the first time in forever um, uh, on Sunday. And so the Daytona 500 is always kind of the – granddaddy of the races you know are there better races sure i like bristol better i like martinsville better uh some of the other tracks might be a little bit better but uh the daytona 500 just gets all the hype it's the first one it's the most well known and so daytona 500 is a fun uh it's a fun one to watch on a sunday afternoon it's a good way to you know take a nap because that white noise of the engines and wake up and watch the end uh but i'm a big Big Daytona 500 fan. Yeah. Uh, NASCAR fits in that same uh, nap category that, mm-hmm. you know, golf does on Sundays. I mean, you're talking, you know, they're making a lot of left turns. And not, that's not me talking about it about NASCAR. I like NASCAR just as much as the next guy. Uh, but it's prime for nap time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I'm happy with my list. I do, I do appreciate the Daytona 500. That's a good pick to round it out. So we will, uh, Recap our list real quick, and then I've got some breaking news for you, Rusty. Ooh. That's why I told you not to look at your phone. Got it. And uh, it's, it's very applicable to us. Ooh, uh, pull out some heartstrings. Ooh. So uh, my list, I had the first pick of the draft, so I took the Super Bowl, followed by the NBA Finals, and then the Masters Tournament in Augusta, followed by the College Football Playoff and Wimbledon. What did you have, Rusty? had the College World Series – the Kentucky Derby, the Major League World Series, the Winter Olympics, the Daytona 500. And then I, I'll give you an honorable mention, let you give one as well if you got one. The one that was just outside of my list, I was kind of debating about March Madness. Like, even if you're not a college basketball fan, yeah. everybody fills out a bracket, everybody gets all in. That's probably one that should have been on one of our lists, but it was just outside my top five. I'm happy with my list, but March Madness gets my honorable mention. Yeah, that is solid, and uh, it pro- it slipped my mind, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm running on fumes <laughs> right now. There's very little preparation done. I'm writing down ideas as you're making picks over here. And so, uh, yeah, March Madness is absolutely one, and like I've told you before, the problem with March Madness for me is that the most entertaining part of March Madness is the first two weekends when you've got the upsets. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it turns into college basketball again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. All right. For the right. moment we've all been waiting for, we've got Breaking our first news. blockbuster trade in the NBA. Dun-dun-dun. dun It does not involve the Grizzlies, and so you can put your mind at ease, or mm-hmm. maybe that makes you mad. It kind of, We'll get to the Grizzlies we'll in a minute. We'll get to that. 
However, it does involve a former Grizzly, one that we know and love. Oh, so, no. where are they sending? The Minnesota Timberwolves are sending Mike Conley, James Vanderbilt. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Start over. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is. He doesn't play for Minnesota. No, he plays for Utah. They, yeah. So it's a three team trade. Okay. So let me. Let me. He, this is. You know, Woj and Shams, they race to get these out quickest and get he's typos. made some. Mistakes. Oh, no. I saw, I saw some chatter this afternoon. Oh, man. Yes. And so. <sighs> The Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are finalizing a trade to send D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt to Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick to Utah. And Mike Conley and a second-round pick to Minnesota. That so, sucks. it does suck because I don't like Minnesota. At but all. I would not cheer for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I, I've done this before with Mark Gasol when he ended up a Laker and it hurt me. I'm so glad that Mike Conley is not a Laker. Yeah. Of those teams, that's the least, like it's, I, I can root for him a little bit there. I don't care for Minnesota. Uh, I, it's a good situation for him. I think it makes Minnesota, uh, they lose some, but I think losing D'Angelo Russell is huge, but I think he can help distribute and facilitate and make Ant and Cat three-letter players. Anyway, I think they, he can make them both better. Um, Russell Westbrook is just a journeyman now, uh, and Malik Beasley was a name that the Grizz were interested in. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it impacts us because, like you said, of, of uh, Captain Clutch and Malik Beasley. But, uh, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so Minnesota gets better. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been playing a lot better, but the problem with that team is that they did not have a point guard, a true yeah. Facilitator, facilitator you know and in memphis they like to call him the conductor you know mm-hmm. and I, mike conley didn't like that nickname so <laughs> it, it fell by the wayside but he was the guy that was out in front that set everything up and mike conley also obviously has a previous relationship with rudy gobert who i think is a loser you know not <laughs> maybe not as a well i mean i think he's a loser as a person but he's also a losing basketball player because right when the time when it's crunch time, you're in a seven game series. Like I said, every team just takes him out of the ball game. You know, they just scheme him out of the ball game. So he sits on the bench the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Minnesota needed was somebody to get the ball rolling and get the ball to ant and get the ball to cat and get the ball to go bear when, you know, with the pick For and whatever roll. reason you need to. <laughs> yeah. So I think they got better. They've been yeah. struggling around 500 all year. Yeah. The Lakers end up with a, D'Angelo Russell reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, they drafted him second overall back in the day. They get shooting help with him and Malik Beasley. And Jared Vanderbilt's a lockdown defender. Yeah, they got and the so, Lakers got better in that trade, a lot better. The Lakers are sitting at 13th, 12th or 13th in the league mm-hmm. right now, in the West right now. Yeah. And so they're trying to win now. And luckily for them, there's a log jam in between them and like three, honestly. And so uh, they're going for it, as you should, when you've got LeBron James, the NBA's scoring leader of all time. So, Yeah, the uh, the Lakers are only six games out of third place, so this, this definitely puts them right in the hunt 
for a middle seed. Uh, what are they from the 10th seed? From the 10th seed, they're two games. They're two games behind the Jazz, who got – Who I don't just think, got I don't think they drastically got worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. they lost Conley and their best defender. Uh, they lost Conley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley, and in turn, they got back Russell Westbrook in the second round pick. So it's so, clear that a, the Jazz are now tanking and blowing it up. <laughs> yeah, and – you know, they were the spunky team, and they were the team that was expected to blow it up, you know, and go take for Wimbanyama, and so they've just mm-hmm. really done it too late if this was what your goal was. Yeah. Of course, when you're winning, you keep winning, but now they're losing, so I guess punt. Yeah, so... Uh, so that hurts. Yeah, that bit. does. It, it, you know, it doesn't, I mean, we're in, we're fairly solidly in the second seed right now, but it's definitely going to make... Uh, if we draw the Lakers in one of those first couple of rounds, it makes that a lot tougher because they have some dudes now. Yeah. Well, since we're talking NBA trades, let's just hit the NBA, and at the end, we'll Super Bowl. hit the Super Bowl. Okay? Yeah. So uh, yesterday – was it yesterday or was it Monday? Yes, I think it was yesterday. The first blockbuster well, trade. It broke Monday. It was a, it was finalized last night. That's today. right, because anyway. he's going to play tonight. Kyrie Irving, who fresh off – asking for a trade again, which I think is the second or the third time yeah. from Brooklyn, uh, requested a trade from Brooklyn and got traded this time to the Dallas Mavericks to pair him up with Luka Doncic, who is the highest volume, bona fide superstar, top five player in the league, Luka Doncic. Uh, and you're going to pair that up with Kyrie Irving, who is one of the most dynamic scoring point guards, creative point guards the NBA's ever seen if he would just stay out of his own way. Yeah. And so, um, uh, in return, Dallas sent Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and some picks. And mm-hmm. so uh, did you have an immediate reaction to that trade when you first heard about it? Dallas got fleeced. I mean, Kyrie is – Kyrie, he's one of the best ball handlers in the league. But, I mean, I'm a big Spencer Dinwiddie fan. I think they gave up a lot of young players, draft picks, for a guy who clearly has an ego issue. Um I think Dallas is not necessarily better because of this. I think that, I mean, the Nets got a little bit better with Spencer Dinwiddie, and we'll see what Kevin Durant does. But uh, did you uh, did you happen to see Kyrie's statement today? Oh, where he deleted his apology for the anti-Semitic. No, so oh. Kyrie today on his trade conversations with Kevin Durant. It's water under the bridge now. I wish them well. I left them in fourth place. I did what I was supposed to do, took care of my teammates, and get this, was incredibly selfless in my approach to leading that team. Well, I mean, we all know that Kyrie, you know, I 100% believe that he believes that. (laughs) Absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, is because of him that they're in fourth. Don't get me wrong. You know, they were, they need him. Sure. And so, you know, he did what he was supposed to do the thing he didn't mention is he did what he was supposed to do when he showed up right and when <laughs> he know? could play yeah you know i mean he missed games because he shared recommended a movie uh, that degraded jews and he had to sit out you know and so it's kind of hard to you know he it's really easy to find holes in this for Dallas for Dallas yeah. to me I think they got fleeced it makes them it's a boomer bust anytime you're on a team with Kyrie it's boom or bust 
And there's been rumblings this year and over the past little while that Luca has been frustrated with the fact that he doesn't have a 1B or a number two, you know. And he is the by far the highest usage player in the NBA. The ball's in his hands all the time. The Mavericks are 0-7 when Luka doesn't play. The team around him stinks mm-hmm. uh, without him. However, they were really good as a unit. And Spencer Dinwiddie is very good. And Dorian Finney-Smith is solid. And Kevin Durant can probably sleep well at night knowing that he doesn't have to worry about whether or not Kyrie's going to you know, go on a hunger strike or not. And he's got role players around him that when he gets back from his injury, he can step right in and he can be the alpha that he was before. And he's got plenty of options to kick around to. And I also think this works out well for the Grizzlies because in the past, I mean, the Dallas, I think, is won the last five against the Grizzlies, four or five. The Grizzlies have no answer for Luka and the Mavericks. And a lot of that is because they've got the size to throw at Ja. They can slow the game down, and they've got size. Well, now who's going to guard Ja? Because Dorian Finney-Smith was that guy, and Dinwiddie was a big guard. You could throw at him. And so you're going to tell me that Kyrie Irving is going to do it? I just I don't see anybody that can stop Ja. And when you're in the NBA, you've got to stop the other person's best player. That's priority one in every right. game. And I don't know that they've got anybody to stop him. So I agree. And I think that this helps us a little bit in our division. I, I think that in terms of at least the Grizzlies, the Mavericks got worse. I think they gave up an awful lot. Like you said, they're they're clearly going all in. They're pushing their chips in on this year to try and make a run, um, especially giving up some young players and some picks for a guy like we said may or may not be there long term. So it's, it's an interesting trade. Mark Cuban was all about it in his interview. We'll see, man. I, I'm not as big of a fan of it as he is, but. Uh, I guess we'll just have to, one of those things we'll have to wait and see how Luca and Kyrie mesh. And make no bones about it, this move was approved by Luka Doncic before it was finalized. Absolutely. And so when you're worried about whether or not a star, your star, is happy or not with this current situation and the role players around him, which make no bones about it, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are role players. Yeah. And not by any means, you know, untouchable when it comes to trades. When that's on the table, you go to Luke and like, would you rather have these guys or would you have Kyrie Irving? And you let Luca make that decision. And so hopefully that bought them a lot of goodwill with Luca. And uh, we've seen how good Kyrie Irving can be as the second option. You know, look at yeah. he won a title with LeBron. He's they've been really good in Brooklyn when he plays. And so he's up for an extension this year or, or this offseason. So if he doesn't, if he pulls another stunt, I mean, he's not going to get the money that he wants. And so right. I was listening to Kendrick Perkins, and he was, you know, they were saying, he he was saying, you know, he's going to be fine because everybody knows you've got to play for that money. Yeah. It's that contract year. So we'll see how yeah. it works, but it's we'll definitely uh, pushing the chips all yeah. the way in for Dallas. Absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, Grizz have them coming up in a couple of weeks after the All-Star break, so we'll see uh, see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, Speaking of the Grizz, yep. I think we need to make a trade. I, uh, I Hot take, you know, I like the guy. He's been good for us. 
Um, Drew, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm kind of leading off with this. We've been struggling a lot lately. So we got a microscope on us. People see kind of the villain that we can be sometimes, you know, being in um, that that limelight. You have it and you have an incident like you had against the Cavs. And Dylan Brooks is out here draymonding folks and hitting them in ways that they shouldn't be especially when the offensive output is not there. Like we were talking about last night, he's Tony Allen, but worse because Tony at least didn't shoot. Like he knew he couldn't score, so he didn't shoot. Dylan gets that ball. And I've talked about it on this podcast and tucks it under his arm and runs at the goal. Like it's a football that drives me freaking nuts, man. I've just, I'm kind of over Dylan Brooks and his time in Memphis. And I think if we could package him, Danny Green and some picks, I think there are some very attainable guys out there that make us better and can help solve some of our perimeter scoring and perimeter defense issues. Yes, I'm all the way in on trading Dylan Brooks. I've I've been this way for a little while, although I, after that first Cavs game where he, where he blocked, um, what's his name, uh, yeah. Darius Garland Thank you. at the buzzer, you know, I was like, okay, I'm in. You know, he's an elite defender whatever i don't care i'm back in the same camp i was right before that where he takes too many shots and he misses all of them yeah and you've got a blossoming superstar you've got a bona fide superstar in john morant and jaron jackson jr is playing the best basketball of his career and is a first time all-star this year and dylan brooks is on most nights are out shooting both of them right and he's not making anything. He's in a he's a bad offensive player to start with, and he is in the worst slump of his lifetime right now. And interesting stat for you, real quick little, on that. Just yeah, real quick, just to yeah, just to kind of bolster your point. Then I'll let you keep going. Sorry, but he's played in in the 14 games he's played this year uh, in 2023. He has not he has broke 40 percent shooting five times. So in he how is, many games? He's played 14. I think it's 14. No, he's played more than that. It may be the last 14 games. Maybe, but he's only in the calendar year of 2023. I know that in this okay. calendar year, he's only broke 40% shooting five times. And that's yeah, awful. and that's 40% from the field. He shoots yeah. a lot of layups. That's awful. And uh, you know it's bad. I was watching the Grizzlies game last night, you know, like I do most every game, and you could hear it. The headline was Dylan Boo- Dylan Brooks gets booed at home. It didn't feel that way. I felt like that was overblown a little bit. Yeah. But there was an audible groan in that third quarter when we were dragging so bad and getting, you know, getting beat by the Bulls at home. And there was an audible groan every time he shot the ball. And man, he just kept doing it. And in the fourth quarter, they put him back in, and he quit shooting for a long time. What yeah. happened is that they let they started force feeding Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball, which is what for we the need first to do. time all season. That's they what we need force to do. fed Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball. They overcome what like a it was around ten point deficit at yeah. that point, and they ended up winning by ten twelve points. Yeah, and it's because they force fed Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball in the fourth quarter, and Dylan Brooks didn't take any shots. And but there was a key possession right there in the fourth quarter where I think the Grizzlies were up five, and Dylan takes a three. And as the ball's in the air, you can see everybody in the crowd just throw their head back, and he hits it. Mm-hmm. And that put him from 
uh, one for t- eleven for the game to two for twelve. Right. And of course, you know, Dylan at that point's like, I got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that if that shot misses in that critical portion of the game, you're talking about the Ruth coming off that place, and then that's when it gets ugly. Yeah. And so you've got to trade Dylan. I don't think he is. The problem is there's no depth. So yeah. if you go back and look at last season, wing depth for the Grizzlies, we lost Kyle Anderson and we lost DeAnthony Melton in the offseason. Traded DeAnthony, let Kyle walk in free agency. Which there's a reunion there with Kyle, or two Grizzlies, I guess. Kyle's in Minnesota now. Kyle and Mike are there. That's true. That's true. And so, uh, but did Kyle ever play with Mike? I guess one year, didn't he? Maybe he. Maybe there was a little maybe overlap, but... Either way, two Grizzlies up there now. Right. Um, and so you have no wing depth. And so you really have no choice but to play Dylan. So in a trade that includes Dylan, you've got to get wing depth back. Because mm-hmm. what you've lost in Kyle Anderson and Melton, whereas they weren't huge players for you in the playoffs, they didn't really show up. You know, they're kind of regular season players. They're still players that you feel comfortable in putting in there in that situation. Mm-hmm. If Dylan twists an ankle, I mean, you're looking at Roddy or, or Danny Green or, or Zaire Williams, Zaire Williams, who just got sent down good. to the hustle, you know. Yeah. And so, and that's another point I was gonna make is Danny Green just looks like an old man with a bad knee. Yep. Um, yeah, just watching him run up and down the court, he just doesn't have that spring. His shots not falling. You know, there's one of the guys that kind of keeps coming up is OG Ananobi from the Raptors, which. He's going to be costly to get, but you're right. You're going to have to get him and another wing player. Um, another interesting name that I know this is pie in the sky fantasy. I'm saying that on the front end. I own Are you this. saying Kevin Durant right now? No, God, okay. no. Okay, good. No, uh, this is pie in the sky. This is out there, and I, I've seen some traction on this on Grizz Twitter, um, but a deal could be made with Dylan Brooks, Danny Green, probably like X or somebody in there, a couple picks for the team to the team that we played last night. Right. For DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso, which I don't hate that at all. Right. The trade machine proposal that I saw that worked on Twitter yesterday was Xavier, Tyus Jones, and Dylan Brooks. Was it Xavier or Zaire? Zaire. Zaire. Zaire, Dylan Brooks, and Tyus Jones in two picks to uh, Chicago for Caruso and DeRozan. And if that's offered, take that every time. (laughs) Every day. Twice on Sunday. That's (laughs) given up a lot. However, DeRozan is a bucket, an absolute bucket. And And Caruso Caruso is a plus defender. Come off the bench, be the first guy off the bench, be a great defender, shoots pretty well from three. Yeah. And you're getting, you're losing your backup point guard, which is be the only one that I would really cry over. You yeah, know, Tyus would be Tyus tough. would hurt, but you're losing Zaire, who just got sent down to the hustle, who shows that he's not going to be a playoff player for us this year. Mm-hmm. You're losing Dylan, and uh, and so, I think we get better. And and DeRozan, like you said, man, is that guy in a starting lineup of Ja, Dez, Demar Derozan. Trip and Steven Adams is going to be a tough out. And 
if you want to go small ball, you have those guys. And I need more of this. I tweeted this last night. I need more Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. lineups in my life because those guys in the fourth quarter last night were so much fun to watch. But getting off topic, I think a Caruso-DeMar DeRozan trade makes us so much better. And it fixes the half-court offense mm-hmm. in which the Grizzlies have struggled ever since the grit and grind era ended. We You've not been able to score consistently Mm-hmm. unless you're on a fast break off a miss or off a turnover you're not being able to score in the half court and demar derozan is nothing but else if he's not just a half court iso mid-range kink menace i mean just a menace and you're right the last decent play playmaker and this is going way back i think that we had was was uh, Dave Yeager. He drew up some solid half-court offense, and he had better pieces. But since then, we've struggled in the half-court. And lately, it feels like Taylor Jenkins is getting worse because his only offense he really knows how to call in the half-court is a Ja Iso, a Dez Iso, a Tyus Iso. Like, yeah. There are and other we're plays missing Stephen Adams, too. We don't need to forget sure. that because he was – I didn't realize just how important he was until now. And that's why we really need to make a trade because, like, no offense to Steven Adams. He's phenomenal. He's he's great at what he does. But Steven Adams shouldn't be that important to your offense that we, before last night, we had the worst record in the last 10 games in the entire Eastern Conference. And it didn't get a lot better now that we're 2-8. and eight. But coming to that game last night being 1-9 and nine because of missing Steven Adams shows that we are definitely missing some pieces to make our half-court offense better. Right. And so I'm uh, the closer we get to trade deadline and the more Grizzlies I've watched, the more I've watched, the more bullish I am and the more I'm willing to give up more to give to get somebody. You know, I still don't like the idea of giving away just three picks, three first round picks for OG and but if you could get him for two first and Zaire and say that's three first round picks since he was just a twenty, he was yeah. number ten pick last year, you know I'm good with that and see what you can do. What's interesting is it seems like Toronto may be trying to get better. There's trade a lot of trade rumors out there that they're going to go try to get Jakob Portal oh, yeah. uh, from San Antonio, which would be mm-hmm. now you know Jakob Portal is most famously known for the guy who continues to get dunked on by Ja. Yeah. Uh, and so I, that's uh, they're sitting around the middle of the pack in the East and they, they've got two directions they could go. I don't see how you can make a trade for Jakob portal and then also trade away Gary Trent jr. And Van Vliet and OG and Obi in the same right. breath, you know? Yeah. And, you know, OG uh, Ananobi, like who would come with him? I don't know that you can get Gary Trent as well, but you'd need a little bit more help. That's why I'm like the more I've seen people kind of mentioning and I don't know how much traction it's getting with the front office. But I like the DeMar DeRozan trade a little bit better, but I wouldn't hate the OG Ananobi trade because it does address issues that we have. I just the sample size with DeMar DeRozan is a little bit better and are bigger, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's an all time great offensive player. and so yeah. like anyway that that would be my preference but i don't hate a combination of uh you know oj and anobi maybe a van fleet gary trent something like that and uh you know we maybe we work out a three-team trade with chicago and with toronto and we yeah. somehow end up with van fleet and DeRozan. i don't know oh my gosh. <laughs> you're giving yeah, yeah but fine. yeah but yeah anyway, i mean i, I think it makes away. 
Yeah. Yeah. The only way that I will be upset is if they do nothing. Exactly. Exactly, man. That's my this point. team is not good enough as constructed no. to make a run. And you're the two seed. And I know you. We. I've been guilty of looking at the future too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got an opportunity right now. We have a championship window. We are in a championship window. Yeah, and it's I, the I'm, start of the window. Absolutely. But it's it's the only portion of the window that includes John Moran on a rookie contract. And that's the thing, because after next year, our payroll is going to get real slim. And so if you're going to make a move, now's the time to do it. So you can structure the contracts to make it work in the future. And this is the start of what could be our championship window. I've said this on here. You and I have talked about this. We agree. Like, I don't want to look back five, six years and be like, man, that was the year. Those two were the years that was our time to do it. And we did nothing to get better. So I'm all in on a trade, all in on on Dylan Brooks being gone. Um, But just give me some half court offense and some perimeter defense. I like it. I like it. I'm in total agreement. So uh, Sunday is the granddaddy of them all. We've got Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. We've, Super we've Bowl. got uh, a bunch of commercials to watch. We've got Rihanna, and we also have a game that features the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so uh, I guess just to get the ball rolling on this, uh, do you have a favorite yet? I do. So looking at – I was looking at the stats in the line earlier. The Eagles are still a point-and-a-half favorite, uh, which – It hasn't I, moved I, much. It hasn't moved much. Um the uh, over/under is 51. The money line is one, minus 125 for Philly, plus 105 for Kansas City. I, I'm still in on the Chiefs, man. Until Pat Mahomes proves to me that you can't bet on him in the playoffs, he's uh, playoff Pat, man. He is a solid quarterback, especially he's had two weeks to get healthy now, get that ankle feeling better. Travis Kelsey's had two weeks to get better. But we talked about him after the AFC Championship game, and I think the difference maker is going to be Chris Jones. If Chris Jones can make a dent against that stout Eagles offensive line, I think the Chiefs are gonna are, are gonna win. Uh, it, right now, I, you know, feet to the fire, make a pick. Uh, I think it'll be Kansas City 31, uh, Eagles 28. I had to pick a score. Uh, I, I just think that I think the Chiefs are gonna find a way to win. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. Uh, I also just find myself thinking that as a team, Philly just has a better squad. The problem is they don't have Patrick Mahomes. That's it. And that's no expert analysis needed on that. Uh, I still don't know who I want to win or who I think will win. Yeah. Uh, Like I said on the last podcast, I spent a number of years hating the Eagles uh, because I loved Eli Manning. Uh, I don't have that conference hatred for them anymore or that divisional hatred for them anymore but it still lingers a little bit but i also love aj brown almost as much as i love my own children (laughs) so (laughs) what do i do (laughs) clearly the city of new york isn't that mad about it i meant to talk about this on our podcast a couple weeks ago but they painted the empire state building green and white in honor of the eagles making the super bowl in yeah, New York a, City. If I was a Giants fan living in New York, I'd move. What in the world? <laughs> yeah, that's like the most iconic building in the United States, and it's right in the heart of New York City, and they celebrated a win the by division the, rival. Division rival. It, that's the hated Philadelphia Eagles. Like it wasn't even like oh, like the Washington Commanders made it. And they hadn't made it forever. Great job. Like it's the Eagles that nobody but Eagles fans even likes. 
outside of certain players. And right. you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you, like I usually go with the team that has more Mississippi state players. They both have two this year. Uh, I like a lot of what the Eagles have, but I agree, man. Pat Mahomes is the difference maker for me. Yeah. I think I'm just going to watch it and hope for a good game. That's typically yeah. what I do. I, I root for chaos and I root for good football, you know, yeah. if I don't have a rooting interest. And so the only way I'll be upset is if the game sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, it's how I'm going to view it. Um, uh, looks like I'm going to watch it at the house. Uh, and so, whereas, you know, typically you've got the Super Bowl parties and whatnot, and those are fun. Uh, however, what you don't get when you're at a Super Bowl party is the ability to pay attention to yeah. the football game. Yeah. And so I am looking forward to that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I can rope my wife into caring about the Super Bowl commercials and Rihanna. And so... Yep. I'm excited about it. I think that if you put a gun to my head, give me the Eagles. Ooh. I just, I, that defense said so much to me in that 49ers game. And I know 49ers didn't have a quarterback, but they've been there all year. They've got weapons everywhere. Hertz has got, can throw the ball well enough and run the ball well enough to keep them honest. Uh, I just don't see a way that they win in a shootout though. That's, that's the hard part with, with picking the Eagles is that I don't think that the Eagles can score with them in a shootout. So you're really just betting on the Eagles defense. Yeah, absolutely. And if they can, you know, they've been so good against, the pass with Darius Slay and 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 their pass rush, um, like I think they could do it. They have the defense to do it, but can they do it on that big stage? The Chiefs have the more recent experience. Nothing against Jalen Hurts, but they have Pat Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes is just Pat Mahomes. Playoff yeah, Pat Mahomes I mean, is tough and, to beat. You know, it is just uh, it's just what it is, man. It's Patrick Mahomes, and and I like it. So that's all I've got for tonight. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Rusty. We're sitting at, you know, just over an hour, which is where we like to put it. Yep. And uh, Rusty's old man bladder is acting up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, man, if you got a monologue, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a monologue. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Um, we've talked Super Bowl. We've talked trade deadline. And we've talked uh, our draft. And I'm pretty happy. So I will uh, – I'll close it out here and uh, appreciate everybody for joining in with us. Uh, it's been a crazy week for us. Uh, we got to hang out together and so glad we got to do that this week yeah. and glad we got to podcast again today. So everybody just, when you get this podcast, use it as a reminder to go and like our social pages. We've got our Twitter with two bucks sports pod and Instagram under the same name, two bucks sports pod. We're going to get the block back and going. Uh, we've had a lot of work and a lot of travel this week, so we're going to hit the block here pretty good coming up this week, especially with Super Bowl and trade deadline coming around. So check it out at 2BucksSportsPod.com and our YouTube and our Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. Go like it. I post stuff on there as well. And so, Rusty, if you don't have any last questions, just say goodbye to the good fellas. Yeah, enjoyed it. It's fun as always. Please like, share, comment. Uh, on our podcast platforms, YouTube, as promised, I'll get Uncle Buck to do you a cameo video shout out. We'll give you a shout out on the pod for our first 
comments and ratings on Spotify and Apple. So other than that, guys, we'll be back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys. Thank you. Yeah.